Told there'd be coffee. Yeah. Never on time. <laughs> Thursday night, just a couple minutes late. It's Parenting Porcupines. Today we're talking death and taxes. Probably, though, mostly death. But don't worry, there's been <laughs> drinking, so it probably will be a lot of fun anyway. We are the Libertarian Moms. This is Parenting Porcupines. Welcome to the show. All right, episode eight, Death and Taxes. We're back, the Libertarian Moms, on YouTube, on Facebook. Um, hi, Melissa. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Jess. How are you Howdy. guys? Pretty good. Pretty good. So this starts today in this conversation around South Carolina bringing back the firing squad because, you know, we're old school like that. And um, <laughs> go out to the blog and get the show notes, parentingporcupines.com. You can also go to SCLP. Uh, org and see what I wrote about this today. But basically back in February of 2021, the South Carolina state legislature decided to put in a fast lane for executions. Uh, they approved choosing alternate methods for the death penalty to execute prisoners, execute inmates. And one of those alternate methods is the firing squad. And so now a gentleman who is on death row has selected said firing squad as his method of execution. And while the ideal scenario, if the system was actually working, would be to challenge the legality of this said thing and provide a stay of execution for this man while this challenge goes through, in general, the more we learn about this case, the more we understand how unbelievably ridiculous the entire thing is, because truthfully, he shouldn't even be on death row. Uh, this is not a person with a premeditated crime who went out there and committed multiple murders. This was a worst case scenario, terrible day in an addict's life. And for all the reasons, just all the reasons, this is not the right outcome for this, but certainly because firing squad is ridiculous. So let's so <laughs> barbaric. Can, I don't know if we like jump to that or if we just sort of talk about really the big question here is do your kids know that this is happening? Is there is it in the news? Are you seeing it on the news? Are you talking to them at all about this, Jess? Uh it's it's in the news. Um gonna talk to them about it, but they have not seen it yet. They haven't quite it, it hasn't hit their radar yet. Um, because there's not a TikTok about it yet, <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure it's going to at some point, you know, in the next week or so. And I mean, yeah, we'll probably talk to them about it and just kind of, yeah, it's going to come up and come around yeah. in some way. It's what about got your to. kids, Melissa? Do they seem to be aware that this is a thing that's happening? No, we don't. My kids don't watch the news, I keep them blissfully sheltered. They know what I, <laughs> they know what I've, what I let them know about. Yeah, so they don't know this because I don't want them to. <laughs> They're little. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, that's a good point, right? So part of this, the question is whether or not the age of our children impacts whether or not we talk about this kind of thing, right? And whether or not we if talk about... If they were about... teenagers, then, you know, I'd be more comfortable okay. having a conversation. Okay, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Uh, and and it becomes an issue where people start talking about it 
it becomes a topic for research papers, right? The death penalty. Um, it's a little bit like the abortion topic, although now I think schools are no longer assigning the abortion topic as a potential debate topic, right? Um, but where kids are, there's a binary choice here. You're either for it or you're against it. Uh, and when I was younger, I think I was really for it. Like I really understood this sense of, you know, an eye for an eye, somebody has committed murder, this is absolutely the right response is to then take their life from them, right? Um, I think when I was younger, I believed that we had a system that could fairly deliver that level of justice. And I say that when I was younger on purpose, because um, I don't know if the system has changed or if I have changed, but I no longer believe that to be the case. Well, I How think you're less- Because it's, it's not the case. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, so Melissa, talk about studies. that. How much trust do you have and that the system could do that? <laughs> I have very little trust in any government system. <laughs> Just, and then anything that has to deal with life and death, I have even less trust because what's the, you always have to ask what, who's held accountable if they're wrong? No one. There's no, sorry, they say sorry and throw some of my money at the family. It doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't, you know. Um, they can't take it back. Yeah. I mean, this is a permanent Sorry. thing. Yeah. Like you, yeah, you can't you kill them and they're gone. Someone. Yeah. Well, I think when you're young, you know, back to what you were saying, Casey, when you're young, there's a certain naivety. Like you don't, you understand eye for an eye, right? Because it's very black and white. But as you grow up, as you have kids, you get married, you have jobs, you meet people, you're exposed to other experiences and um, life experiences of other people. You, I think your views change. Well, most people, your views change over time, right? And you, as you learn. And so it, it's no longer, at least for me, and I don't think for you either, or for Melissa, it's not a black and white issue. It's not a, you know, it's not an eye for an eye. Right? right. We're talking eyes for ears. Well, you know? we're not even talking about justice really anymore, right? Yeah. Because when we think of, and then to me, I had the balance too of like, well, why should we as taxpayers pay for this person to be, you know, living, you know, on all of our money for all these years and how much does it cost us to keep this prisoner alive and all that. And that, so there's this like economic argument that gets made too. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think about the case of, uh, of this guy, of Richard Moore, and he's got, 23 years he's been in prison, right? Um, 23 years where he's had opportunity to uh, think through what happened, how did that night go, right? To, to mm. unpack and understand, right? And I don't think that anybody's asking to let this man out of prison. I think people are rightfully saying the, the punishment that he's already experienced and will continue to experience his life in prison fits the crime. Yeah. Right. And and might even be a little harsher, actually, given that the, the crime was was committed during addiction, during yeah. an addiction rage. So I think the compassion piece, I, it took me a while to come to that. Uh, maybe I had to grow up a little bit more to, mm -hmm. to, as you said, meet people with different circumstances, see how things like this unfold and how they happen, and then to develop a kind of compassion that I would hope I would hope that we had a state that operated with mercy first and compassion first and love first 
And only then do we start to escalate into vengeance and right? like not yeah. even, not even vengeance, but you know, justice and this sort of thing. I don't know. It's hard. Um, so I didn't teach Holly about it, but I did talk to her about it today because I'd written the post and yeah. wanted to uh, get her thoughts on it and get her opinions on it. And those are in the blog. If you go out to the show notes out on parentingporcupines.com, you can skip forward to that part of it. But I want to give you guys just a little bit more chance to talk about how old is, is old enough? Um, when does it get introduced? Why? What should we be doing instead? I mean, what's the alternative if they're not going to be, you know, going in front of the firing squad? Lord have mercy. Um, what, what do you do about this crime problem, Melissa? What do you think? Oh, well... I have I have a couple ideas. Step one, no victim, no crime. Solves a lot of the problems. Gets our prisons a lot less overcrowded. If you're caught with a plant and minding your own business, you shouldn't be in prison. So that's the first problem is no victim, no crime. Stop throwing people in jail and ruining their lives. Addiction's a, addiction is a medical condition, not a crime. Help them. And then the second one is the whole point of prison isn't necessarily punishment. It's rehabilitation. No, it's not. You're throwing people in solitary confinement for two years. How is that rehabilitation? It's punishment. It's punitive. It is. It is. Like, you know, when my children misbehave, they get punished. But the punishment, it's not to punish them it's to change their behavior it's consequences it's not i'm pissed off at you so you're gonna lick the wall for a week i don't know i'm just making up stupid stuff but no but yeah you, no, but you don't exactly the right thing nothing to do with the problem it's it's two parts right like the prison is two parts it's one of it is that this person did the wrong thing they broke the rule right and so the rest of us law-abiding citizens are a little pissed about that because we've been doing it right so like okay yeah let's figure out a way to to punish them but the yeah. other part of it is out, um yeah away from their family away from their job out of society away from the fun stuff yeah you can't go right. and the other part of it is protecting the rest of us from them Right. Yeah. And so if if we're talking about a violent offender, a repeat violent offender that will simply go out on the street and do the same thing again, that's a very different criminal than this person who in a addiction rage, right, mm. made a bad choice, made a bad decision, bad things happened. It's one day that's the worst day of this person's life. And how many of us are the sum of the worst day of our lives, right? Yeah that that's the only thing we have to offer is the worst day of our life. I just don't believe that about any of us. Yeah. <laughs> Repeat violent offenders. Yes. Kill those guys. No, I'm just kidding. So here's the thing. <laughs> because, because here's, because here's if you the catch thing. him in the act. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> just go ahead and do us all I'm a favor. Like, I'm, I, I'm very, I have a slightly, I'm torn because I am absolutely of a, if a crowd of people saw you do what you did and it's on tape what you do what you did and there's absolutely no question dylan roof did what he did mm -hmm. kill him i'm absolutely yeah. okay with that but the flip side of that is do i think you can't give the state a right you don't have to give so mm -hmm. i'm not allowed to just go kill people so they yeah. shouldn't either because it's a very slippery slope. So I'm, uh, you know, it's it's hard 
with those cases where everybody knows you did the thing. Yeah. And yeah. Well, and and you'd then, be okay with those couple of cases. <laughs> yeah. But then you have cases where you don't know. Right. Yeah. And so that's like, where the problem is. when it comes to talking to our children, <laughs> you know, the, black and white, right. Yeah. What is the right age? Um, our children were exposed to this topic uh, starting probably two or three years ago. Oh, it was actually maybe before that. My brother-in-law um, has always been interested in a case that happened in the upstate in the 70s. And it was the murder of um, Frank Looper, who was a Greenville County narcotics officer, and his father. They were shot down in his father's garage in 1975. And it's a crazy story. But long story short, they framed a man named Charles Wakefield Jr. for the murder. Um, they coerced testimony. Um, they buried evidence. There's a lot of corruption that happened within the Greenville County Sheriff's Office um, that is still happening today. Um, and he spent 35 years between prison and then, you know, the year leading up to his trial. He spent 35 years of his life in a cage. And he was finally paroled. He's still on parole and he's working to to get his name cleared now. But he, this innocent man, I mean, he was on death row. They were going to execute him. And thankfully he was paroled. Yeah, I don't know exactly how that happened, but it did, thank God. Yeah, He's someone won. somewhere was who had a but, little bit of power was convinced. Well, there were a couple of people who had a lot of power who made it happen to protect other people who had a lot of power. There were no, a lot she's of saying that so, she's saying that somebody who had some power was convinced him. he was innocent. Yeah. Oh. Believed him. Right. Yeah. Just, His story yeah. finally the, the true story finally got to the right person. Yeah. Yeah. But um but my my brother-in-law was involved um he was like researching this thing and he linked up with a guy his name is Brad Willis here in the upstate. He used to be um he used to be a news reporter and now he's a writer. Uh he writes articles. But or I don't, I don't know what publication, but he started a podcast about it. It's called Murder, Etc. I linked it in the show notes. It's a really good podcast. Um, and then also Charles Wakefield's personal website uh, that tells his story. So if anybody's interested in reading about that, it's just a very interesting, um, very interesting story to read. And the, the podcast gives a lot of the characters, the cast of characters that were involved in all of this. But anyway, so because my brother-in-law was involved in that, it was very much a topic of conversation in our family. We got to know Charles. And so my kids have been around him. They've been exposed to the story. So it has been a topic of conversation. Sorry, I said, oh, that was a whole lot of story to get to this point. <laughs> <laughs> but it's important. It's important to me. Um, so my kids were exposed to this topic, you know, pretty early on, just because of our involvement in that story. Um, and our, you know, our advocacy for Charles as a family. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, organically, and that's not like me sitting down. My seven-year-old going to state is going to execute someone tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little, right. a different tone too. <laughs> yeah. 
Or well, so I, I so I struggled with this this week because um, back in February 2021, when I wrote the blog for SCLP um, that dot org that was about this hypocrisy that I saw, which was one week there's this you know everybody's standing around we're here to protect life we believe in life and then these asinine anti-abortion laws that they put in place right we're all for life we're all pro-life we love life and then the very next week it was like here Kill comes the fast lane for the ki- yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was that welcome to it south carolina that, it, that hypocrisy was so like, I could not, I couldn't actually get it out of my head. I was so completely obsessed with that. And I wrote it. And even today when I was writing the blog about uh, Mr. Moore, I went back and I was looking at that one from February and I'm so pissed in that blog. Like the anger is like, it's coming off the screen. And like, even mm. me reading it, having written it, I'm like, gum, I was fucking fired up. Um, <laughs> and, and it's because it's because the idea is that we, as a society, right? Like the state is meant to represent us and our values and our culture and who we are and what we care about. And in and all I could see in that hypocrisy was this idea that we don't understand what life really means. And, and they're all talking about how much they value it, except they don't value every life. They only value specific lives. And I just couldn't get over how unbelievably frustrating that was. And so even now, as I'm thinking about this poor man who had this terrible, and don't get me wrong, like the guy that he killed, that man had a family, he had a future, and, and for oh, the last tragic. three years, they have been going on without him. And th- there is nothing, I have nothing but compassion and empathy for his family as well. This is a terrible outcome. It is a terrible circumstance, right? At the same time, we have a man who's been punished for that for 23 years. And I just want to understand where does our compassion die? When do we, when do we stop feeling care and mercy for this man? Well, and I have a problem with this too. And this is another point is that there are two systems of justice in this state. There is a system of justice for the standard people. And there's this, a system that caters to the, the good old boys. privileged um, and look no further than the story of John Ludwig, the guy who ran his Maserati into the house and right. killed a man. Mm-hmm. He's free. How does, why does he get to go free? He, yeah. you know, yeah, he, and he that exactly, that is, that is exactly, that's the bar. That's the bar. You kill someone, is, we kill you. That is exactly why I think that's what's wrong with the state being able to carry out these death sentences, these executions, because it's not done in a way that is fair. I don't think that carrying out an execution is ever going to be fair, right? Taking a life is never fair, but you've got one man who acted, did something horrible in, in a state of addiction. And he was, you know, obviously not well. You've got another man who was under the influence who drove his Maserati into a house, did the same damn thing. He killed a man. So you've got one man on death row and one man who's not. Guess which one is black? Yeah. 
the and, one that's going to that's going to be executed. And poor, so, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it's not not you know. the guy with the Maserati. Yeah. If um, the state can't do this equitably, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that. Uh, well, yeah. so I don't know that. And and from a libertarian perspective, right? Like we there's there's not anybody out here hopefully believing that there's such a thing as equal justice under the law, right? Yeah. We know that the law is a buyable thing. You can buy top attorneys, you can buy better defense, you can buy the evidence that you need and the, the witnesses that you need to, to put forward the case that needs to be put forward. Like we know it's a game. If it yep. wasn't a game, then we wouldn't have these attorneys out there playing it, right? So like yep. we get that, but at some point, <laughs> the buck has to stop at some point. Like, can't we just all agree that that stopping point should be where we as a state are putting people in front of a firing squad? Like that's, it's that absurdity that I'm just like, I don't, I like, I, I can't wrap my head around how anybody says that out loud and goes, it's 2022. We have the internet, we have TikTok, we have, you know, this amazing amounts of technological superiority and supremeness and yet you know what we oh, yeah. do, let's just and shut out this old we have, spanish we have inquisition this, form we of have recreational <laughs> recreational you can take a vacation and choose to go to space if you have enough money <laughs> you can literally go to space if you want to <laughs> But if we're going to kill somebody, I'm going to ask y'all to volunteer and come up here and, and the firing squad, let's don't be wrong about this. The firing squad is not mercy for this inmate. The firing squad is so that no one person has to take the blame for having killed this guy. Like that's the whole reason. And let's make sure he doesn't get away with just one bullet wound, right? Like the firing, the idea behind the firing squad is so it's barbaric. It is barbaric. barbaric. I oh, just hang can't on. even. If they, yeah. No, no, no. Honest question. So if they shoot him and miss, that's it. He can walk, right? If only. <laughs> I don't think that's. I the mean, case. they hit him in the shoulder because. I think it's they'll tough. probably, I think they'll they probably get one bullet, right? It didn't kill him. He's, I, He's done. I don't know. I mean, I think that's the case. case. I'm not a lawyer. But that's the whole thing is we've never <laughs> done this before. South Carolina yeah, has never actually never. killed anybody by firing squad mm -mm. before. So that's the other part of this is like, oh, we've never done this before. I guess somebody's got to go first. We'll How does it be the guy who even be on death row? Like, that's the absurdity of 200 like, years too late. Not to I make mean, light, not to make light. This is, I'm honestly like thinking through this. If I were an inmate, like that electric chair is 118 years old. Do we know if it actually works? Like, could, you know, like would I choose that? Because maybe. Can you imagine the fear that it would you would be feeling stepping in front of that firing squad or stepping? I don't want to. I can't. Electric. Can you imagine the? This no. to me is so. It's so I mean, inhumane. It's, it is. Yeah. It's, it's so humane. It absolutely is. Inhumane. He cell and shank him in his yeah. sleep. What one night yeah. when he doesn't know yeah. it. That's more humane. Honestly. Right. I mean, or or hand him a pistol and put him in a room and let him do it himself. I mean, yeah. like there's there's these kinds of things where you're like, hey, man, you know, like oh, this, is, this is what deter, has to be done. We're, we're doing this to deter other people from the same. Why not hang him? You go down yeah. to the center of town. You hang up, you put up some gallows and you hang him public execution. 
Casey Crow, Casey Crow's watching. He says he'd rather OD on opiates. I mean, yeah. Why don't we just bring in why the pharmaceutical not? industry and let them get them high? Um, so, so here's the the piece of it, though, Melissa, because you That's make a really good point. The rest of us are not forced to watch this, right? Like mm -hmm. back in the day with the public hangings and that kind of thing, it did serve, we would think, as a deterrent. More, the beheadings, right? So. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> the beheadings. Um, it, as grotesque as those displays were, it should at some point say to us, what kind of society are we really? And that's my that's the argument I'm trying to make in this blog post today was, what kind of state are we? really and if the state is willing to do this to this man who else are they willing to do it to is any one of us safe mm -hmm. and if we're not that's on we get the government we deserve and that's on us mm -hmm. oh matt yeah. hicks is watching now too <laughs> <laughs> he says melissa has the best headphones ever <laughs> the kitty cat ears um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm frustrated by the whole scenario, but more than anything, it's uh, it challenges me as a mom to say to my kid, this is the kind of state we live in. This yeah. is the government that represents us. These are the people who are the leaders in our state um, that make laws for us, that enforce those laws, that create an education system for us. People who are willingly putting a man in front of a firing squad. Just what the actual yeah. fuck. <laughs> that's what they should do the lawmakers should make up the firing squad you think this is appropriate you voted for this get a gun get in line and shoot the man yeah have a nice day yeah My I, I just a little um it's grotesque and it's frustrating that there isn't more outrage that people are willing to to just go it's not me it's not my family i don't mind i don't care Apathy will kill this state. Mm -hmm. yep. And 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 the the argument is always when you say I'm against the death penalty, full stop. It's always oh, but this guy did this thing. Well, no, we're not. I'm not talking about this particular guy. Just the system, the concept of the system in general. Divorce it mm -hmm. from this guy. Mm -hmm. Because people do horrific stuff, and I'll fucking shoot them. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> well, so so <laughs> as an alternative, because people are always saying, "Well, what would the libertarians do instead?" And I would like to. Uh, I, I'd say, Melissa, it sounds like you volunteered um, vigilante justice. I don't know. <laughs> I'm good with that. No, I'm I not fully opposed to that. Actually, my child. In, I will. They, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, I'll, I'll take care of that. That's fine. Yeah. Somebody sure. wants to I make a victim of my child, I will kill it. Like, I'm with you. Yeah. We're the on the internet is saying it out loud. <laughs> yeah. You can 100% yeah. pull this I'm up like, for this evidence. Casey's yeah. the one that killed that motherfucker. Yeah. You can only exactly hope. Right. You can only hope the cops get to you first because God's yep. army won't be able to stop me. Yeah. You're damn right. Check my kids. You're damn right. <laughs> well, listen, all right. <laughs> we didn't talk about taxes yet. Let's talk about taxes. Well, so do we have to? Death and taxes. Let's talk taxes. Can I tell you the dumbest thing I heard on the internet this week? Oh, please do. because <laughs> oh, It's going to win awards. <clears throat> so the Libertarian Party posted something about what would you have done with your entire paycheck if you didn't have to give a big chunk to the government. 
and someone made the comment that your employer would not give you that extra money, it would go to their bottom line. What? So, so if I didn't have to pay income tax, my employer would give me a pay cut so they could keep that money. Um, you realize if my fact, employer comes and says I'm getting a 15% pay cut, I quit my job. Every well, employee no, it's in actually, that company quits their job. It's worse right? than that, Melissa. It's the opposite. Mm -hmm. Because your employer is actually paying taxes in addition to you paying taxes. Yep. So if you were not paying taxes, your employer would also not be paying taxes. So you, in fact, would likely yep. get this, get a pay raise. Right. right. Because they would be saving money on you. Even and if I didn't that money on you. that, I'd be okay because my paycheck would actually be what it says on the top line. Right. <laughs> But imagine though, if you're the employer and you're like, hey man, I'm not having to pay two grand an, a month or whatever it is in taxes for you anymore. I'll gladly split that with you. Look, let me tell you, I look at, I, hey, listen, I have to look at those numbers every month. I know what I pay in payroll taxes on my folks mm -hmm. and it is outrageous. Yeah. It's outrageous. Yeah. The employment, the employer side <laughs> of the payroll taxes and you figure it out when you do like I did and went 1099 and had to pay them myself, mm -hmm. Lord have mercy. Like that, that is the reason that people work for other people. That is what's killing entrepreneurship yep. in this country is that when you have to take on your own taxes, the fact that you are being taxed at that rate, mm -hmm. nobody can, you can't afford it. You just it's can't crazy. afford it. And it's also why people can't grow their businesses because they can't afford to pay employment taxes. They can't afford to pay payroll taxes. I mean, yeah, the taxes are freaking killing it. <laughs> They're killing all of us. Yeah. Um, Matt Hicks says, bold of you to assume I pay taxes. <laughs> yeah. Matthew. Look, Matthew. I'm all for, all for conscientious objectors, man. I'm, we're, I'm a big fan of that. I think we'd have to figure out how to be able to do that. Somebody once said to me something about it's not illegal to not pay your taxes. I'll, you tell the IRS that. <laughs> it will come after your ass, I assure yeah. you. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I should have written that on the bottom of the check I mailed them this week. Right, 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 right. I will be dodging them like my student loan. Yeah, this is the last the one you get. Life. You better do. You better do a good job with this one because it's the last one you're gonna get from me. By God, I wish. Good. Oh, oh my God, too funny. So the title of the episode: Death and Taxes, because these two things are totally inevitable. But one of the things we talked about the first half of the episode was specifically capital punishment, and that's where the death side of this comes from. It's not inevitable. We don't have to kill people as a state, as a nation, as a society. We don't have to be those people. We can oh. be better than those people. Um, and I would encourage everybody watching to to be better in that way. There's a rally at the state house here in South Carolina on Saturday. You can get details on it on the Libertarian page sclp.org come out show your support let's god bless let's just be better let's advocate be better let's get out there advocate advocate and take action folks mm -hmm. thanks for being with us ladies it's good to see y'all every thursday every thursday <laughs>